0: There's a grave threat hanging over the global economy, the threat of populism and the legacy of Donald Trump. Now, even after the Trump presidency is over, President Biden is continuing many of his damaging policies. I'm Kent Jones, author of six books on global trade policy, and I'll be explaining how populism undermined the global trading system, focusing on Trump's abuse of the WTO's National Security Clause and the U.S.-China trade war. Let me start with full disclosure. Trade is a divisive issue, and I don't pretend to be neutral on it. In my view, there are real gains from trade, gains that are protected by basic WTO rules. I do believe that the WTO has to change in order to deal with globalization and China's trade practices. But dynamiting the rules, as Trump tried to do, would inflict massive damage on the world economy. Let's begin by observing that populism is a form of politics that convinces its followers that there are two types of people the genuine true salt of the earth citizens, and a corrupt ruling elite that is responsible for the country's problems. This is especially true for Trump's right-wing populism. Its appeal is based on using grievance issues to create division, anger, and scapegoating. Research has shown that anger is a powerful motivator in getting people to the polls to cast protest votes against the status quo. In the 2016 US presidential elections, Import competition was one such issue, but it was part of a larger set of grievances and fears that resonated among much of the US population, including immigration, abortion, racial tensions, and foreign terrorism. Donald Trump's populist campaign provided an umbrella for all of these grievances, and he used trade as a central theme. His angry narrative focused on the malign effect of trade with China, whom he accused of raping the US by inflicting trade deficits on its economy. He would punish China with punitive tariffs and cancel what he called terrible trade agreements. After taking office, Trump played the bully's game of defying the rules and intimidating trading partners. For example, Trump radically twisted the WTO National Security Clause, which was meant to allow a country to impose tariffs against a hostile country only in cases of threat to its military security. Instead, he used it as an excuse to impose tariffs against all exporters of steel and aluminum, even U.S. military allies, because he said unemployment in these industries threatened national security. But the trade involved had no clear connection with national security, and Trump's purpose was to claim the right to impose tariffs for any self-declared national security reason. This trick opened a Pandora's box that would enable any WTO member country to raise tariffs unilaterally on any product, for any reason. If that floodgate opened, world trade would drop significantly. Another example of the bully's game was Trump's trade war with China. The WTO agreement calls on all its members to settle trade disputes by negotiation based on the harsh experience of trade war in the 1930s, which had caused global trade to shrink by two-thirds. Now, many trade complaints against China have merit, including those involving subsidies and patent violations. These complaints could have been pursued in the WTO with support from U.S. trade allies. But Trump chose instead to focus on the phony U.S.-China trade deficit issue, which was more the result of U.S. domestic policies rather than Chinese trade policies. Nevertheless, Trump declared that trade wars are good and easy to win and that his tariffs would force China to pay billions and billions of dollars to the U.S. Treasury while eliminating the U.S. trade deficit. All of these claims proved to be false. U.S. trade deficit with China actually rose in the first year of the trade war, and when it subsequently declined, U.S. deficits rose with other countries, as economic theory predicted. Tariffs were collected mainly from U.S. consumers, not from China, and the trade war was not good for U.S. manufacturing employment, with small gains in protected U.S. industries more than offset by job losses in industries that used restricted inputs from China. The trade war was also evidently not easy to win, as China refused to capitulate. Trump finally negotiated a 2020 phase one agreement to increase China's purchase of US goods and services by $200 billion a year over a two year period. This agreement also violated the WTO non discrimination and safeguards rules, and ironically, let China off the hook for its contested state trading practices, actually increasing government control over its trade regime. For all that, phase one was unworkable as a trade agreement, and China failed to increase its US imports at all. Yet, the new president, Joe Biden, saw fit to renew this disastrous deal as he seemed to think it would somehow work despite its proven failure. My advice to President Biden? Dump Donald Trump's policies. There are alternatives in the WTO rules to deal with steel, aluminum, and China, such as temporary safeguards measures. Work with our longstanding trade allies in dealing with China, reforming the WTO, and pursuing trade remedies that are pro-trade rather than protectionist. This has been Kent Jones of Babson College. To find out more, check out my new book, Populism and Trade, from Oxford University Press.